<laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Wednesday, February the 21st. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. Connor McCarthy is here. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. And your microphone is open. That's the Royal Banks, Missouri tax line, 84126. The phone lines are open, too, 314-931-5877. Kind of a potluck today. We're going to cover quite a few things. Of course, we'll check in with Jay O'Brien from ABC News at 1050. And... Uh, between now and then, it's you and us, and That's there are a lot right. of things. You were just telling me the odds of Michelle Obama being being a replacement for President Joe Biden if he decides that he is not going to run again, um, 18 to 1, according to Newsweek magazine. Um, as Jennifer said, we have a lot of different things that we want to talk to you about today. But Bill McClellan was the first one that I heard say that he did not believe that Donald Trump or Joe Biden, either one would be the candidate representing their parties, their and respective he, parties. he said this recently? He said this two years ago. Oh, okay. He said this a long, long time ago. And, I mean, Donald Trump was still having uh, illegal troubles back mm-hmm. then, but I don't think that was what he based it on. Um, but then all of this conversation about Nikki Haley – um, she is receiving large donations. Um, she says she's going to stay in. No matter what. No matter what. But at what point does that become a fool's errand in terms of money and political reality? So, um, you know, that that is one question. You know, do you think it is possible that neither Donald Trump nor President Biden would be on the tickets um, is that something that you think – do you believe there could be an October surprise-type situation where at the last minute, in the dog days of summer, something happens? I just don't – it's hard for me to believe that politics is so capricious, that it's, that it's, that it's decided in such a willy-nilly, haphazard, let's just throw everything up in the air and see where it lands – kind of way. I want yeah. to believe I want to believe there's someone behind a desk who has all of the faces, you know, in front of them and they're moving them on a chessboard, but maybe not. Well, somebody was asking that yesterday when Joe Holloman was on and saying why didn't they plan ahead? Yeah. Yeah, you know, great question, but they never plan ahead. Politicians only plan ahead toward the next election and all they want according to Joe Holloman is to get reelected. But did they ever? It's or or is this a is this a modern phenomenon? Because anyone who saw Oppenheimer realizes that yes. once upon a time, the people who resided in Washington and walked the halls of power were the most impressive people on planet Earth. And what happened? I don't know. I don't know. We've relaxed our standards. I just don't know. I absolutely don't know. That's another great fortune cookie question if you have any idea what happened to us how did we get from the glory days is it just one is it just one event is it just a gradual erosion 84126 we want to hear from you from the 618 i vote mostly republican i don't want either of the guys to run for president also the only thing that would keep donald trump from running is a heart attack Somebody else said, I completely think they're both going to be the ones on the ballot. Another listener, I'd vote for Nikki. Too late to change horses, says somebody from the 314. I don't know about that. 
Yeah, I I just don't I don't see how there isn't some kind of October surprise yeah. in the works where you do you wait until it's too late? I or have, you know, has is the texter right? Have have we already waited in the minds of some people who have their minds made up? And how could anybody not have their minds made up at this point? Yeah. You know, you have such a teeny weeny little pool of people. Well, and now I'm watching the videos of both candidates and Nikki Haley, but Donald Trump and Joe Biden closely just to compare how they walk, how they talk, who has a stronger voice, you know, just because I'm trying to assess the age thing for myself. And you do see differences in, is it 77 versus 81 Mm -hmm. years old? Mm -hmm. And... uh so that, I mean, that's obviously a question we talked about a few weeks ago. And I think most of our listeners were of the opinion that, was it like 75 or 71 would be the cutoff if uh-huh. 35 if thirty five is the entry point, then what should be the cutoff? And how do you determine that? I was naively saying the Surgeon General of the United States. Right. I couldn't even tell you the Surgeon General of the United States is today. Um, once upon a time, they were fairly high profile when it was somebody like C. Everett Coop. You know, mm-hmm. he was a he was a very high profile um, Surgeon General. But you would think somebody like that would conduct the examination. But somebody says, read Kathleen Parker today. Hopefully that wakes you up. I assume that's a columnist, mm-hmm. Kathleen Parker. Where is she? Is she? I, she was I'll syndicated. She's she's syndicated um, or was. So everything has changed yeah. so much in terms of the media landscape. Something else that we wanted to talk to you about in the news are these frozen embryo questions in Alabama. When you hear something like that, is that something that is just is that too far removed from your scientific bandwidth? Is it? I, you know, if you are a couple considering in vitro fertilization, what do those news stories do to your planning process? Because if it starts in Alabama, mm-hmm. then chances are it it will eventually end up in other states, and it's probably it's probably already on the books in some other states. Right, and what does it do to the whole IVF? I don't know if you call it an industry or healthcare field. Uh, Alabama doctors have reported to ABC News they're puzzled over whether they'll have to make changes in the whole in vitro fertilization procedures. And I know people. I'm sure you all do. You all do, or you may know young couples who have frozen embryos. I heard on ABC News that sometimes there are fees of thousands of dollars to store them. But now, in the state of Alabama, they cannot be destroyed. So, you know, what to do, what to do. Yeah, that is, um, you know, just one of many topics we're going to be throwing your way today. So we're thrilled to have you with us. Royal Banks of Missouri text line is 84126. And Mary Lynn says, I wonder if we did restrict the politicians in office ages to 35 and 70. That that would be interesting. Uh, tomorrow on the Jennifer and Wendy Show, we are going to speak with Dr. David Carr. He's the medical director at Parc Provence. He's also a professor at Washington University School of Medicine. He always has such interesting things to say about memory loss. Parc Provence is part of the Gatesworth communities, and it's very conveniently located. It's in Creve Corps near 
Olive in I-270, and it is a memory care community. And you might find yourself looking for one of those for your parents at some point in your life. Absolutely. If you are ready to consider a residential community for your loved one, Park Provence encourages you to spend time considering the various options. They are available to you because no two memory care communities are alike, like snowflakes. Just look so closely at medical care expertise, activity programs, ambiance, daily living options. Park Provence knows how important this decision is, and they are ready to answer your questions. They have a safe and supportive environment providing peace of mind for both the residents and their loved ones. Park Provence is made up of five interconnected households on their property, and the households are made up of residents with similar abilities and care requirements. And so research shows that this model fosters better care for the residents and stronger friendships because if your parents go into a memory care community, they want to st- you want to make sure that they have strong connections with their housemates and that they have lots of activities, too, that will keep them engaged and present. That includes music therapy and art therapy. So call Andrew or Michaela today at 314-542-2500 to learn more or to schedule a tour. They would love to have you. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you, and you will receive a special offer. Welcome back to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Wednesday, February 21st, potluck today. 84126 <laughs> is the Royal Banks, Missouri text line, and you are all talking uh, from Pam Mahoney. The no Biden and Donald thought is too big of a rabbit to pull out of any hat. Uh, from the 314, a moderate, common-sense, middle-aged independent would sl- sweep the election. Nikki Haley must stay in because Donald Trump may end up in jail before the election or prison, says somebody from the 314. Well, and it's uh, it, it's it's so fascinating to me that we always the the pie in the sky answer to all of these these political questions or political issues seems to be the independent, the idea of a, of a third party. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you talk to. The Ken Warrens, or yes, they say it'll never work. It'll never happen. I don't know why. I don't know enough about politics. You would certainly think that there would be such a groundswell for the people who are really turned off by the right and the left, Mm -hmm. and do mostly reside in the middle. You know, we talked to an author recently who said that uh, as part of a project that was looking to solve divisions or or heal divisions culturally and to make a difference and to unify us, he said that what was the figure like 80% or 90% of people really do have the same attitudes. It is, yeah. it's, it's the fact that it's heightened by, by those who benefit from division. And I think that's, Almost everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, in terms of the media, you know, they're going to benefit from having you. If you are so worked up, you're going to tune in to the television every day. You're going to uh, you're going to listen. You're you're going to watch with great interest. You're going to give money. Um, So I'm not sure, but somebody's definitely making money off of these divisions. 
From the 314, anyone who thinks they could be president shouldn't be. I don't know about That's, that. Uh, I understand. I understand the thought behind it. Um, well, look at this from the 618. Why not have a purple party? <laughs> Why does it have to be Democrats against Republicans? And that's what we're saying. We don't understand. Would you be interested in a third party or would you be interested in an independent party? Because many of you are are already classified as independents. Mm-hmm. But uh, would you... Is that something that you think would be a a huge benefit to us at this point? Because I think it would be. And off the top of my head, I can't recall how many people vote in a presidential election and how many people are of voting age who don't, who feel disenfranchised or they're, you know, they think there's no point to it. Robert Kennedy Jr. is the independent option. And a lot of people don't believe that he is really that independent. Mm-hmm. Isn't so, that what you said, Connor, in terms of younger people and their view of him? Um, well, he was running uh, as a Democrat, right? Just right. Yeah. a couple months ago, <clears throat> even though he didn't really have any Democratic positions, it felt like, considering his whole thing was anti-vax. Uh, so that was his whole Maybe platform, he fits right. more in a, a different party. I guess I don't understand politics, says someone from the 618. Half the Senate and House can be Democratic slash Republican. And then somebody in, somebody else just texted in, that's what happened to Hillary. Not mm-hmm. sure what that that's referencing. Um, if President Biden and Trump are the choices, vote for the vice president, vote for the vice president of choice. And that, you know, that is true. Because the vice president, when you're talking about a president whose fitness mentally or physically mm-hmm. is in question, then then sure, that that uh, that second position has never been more important. We've heard from Mike from accounting. I'll call my Illuminati contacts, maybe get all of this straightened out in the morning. <laughs> Mike from accounting also said something that I'm not reading, Mike. Because I've had coworkers and friends from Alabama, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they get tired of the stigma of well, Alabama. They, Aside from this news story, which, you know, the frozen embryos, but I do think people from Alabama get tired of being slammed because they're from Alabama. And you know, the people in New York think the same thing of Missouri, right? So you know, we <laughs> have yes, in California, California, you know. We're we're sort of the we're still the flyover, um, the flyover territory. From the three one four, I would love a third viable candidate for POTUS, but I don't want to do that work organizing. That's the whole point, because you know that the forces, the political forces, oh. are already against you. You could not to not, mention the money, the money that is required. Did we read this one? A vote for an independent is a vote for Trump. No, because that's come in a couple times. Sorry, we didn't get to it. Uh, yeah, how close have third parties ever come to winning? Wasn't there a Greenpeace party? Uh, what was Nader's party? And was hmm. it even? I can't remember. Um, we're going to need Ken Warren on again. We're going to. We're going to definitely <laughs> we need, need. We need the expert. But to me, that seems like because you have so much power invested in both parties, the third party would change. Everything to my simple yeah. mind, 
but I'm sure I'm just not seeing it. Um, can we just let women rule the world, please? A 53-year-old male. male. We love it when you give us your biographical sketch, too, and your, your profile. That That's always kind of fun. You both are old enough to remember Ross Perot running for president. He put Bill Clinton. And then we don't have the yeah, rest of it. Yeah, then the rest of it didn't make it. Um, yeah, uh, the third parties are often the spoilers. Put Bill Clinton in the White House. Okay. Uh, from the 314, Rob Reiner's new documentary, God and Country, Every Voter. Um, and non-voter should see this. This is what the Republican Party is all about today. Didn't Ross Perot? Didn't Ross Perot want to be the spoiler? He wanted to hurt Bush forty one. I if, think you're right, and I I kind of want to see this documentary now that the texts are saying this. God and Country, a Rob Reiner documentary. I I had not heard of it. I'll have to look that up and see where it's streaming. You know, the other thing that uh, some of you probably saw yesterday in the news was the the research that indicates this is going to. This is going to be the biggest well duh of the day, but indicating that men and women think differently. And, <laughs> and, but it is interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, one of the things that I find really, you know, kind of puzzling the way that men and women solve problems, because I do think that men and women solve problems differently. If you have an issue and you go to Patty, Patty's going to tell you one thing and Mark is going to tell you something else. Well, and or she, maybe not. Well, and a female friend will listen and listen and listen. And typically, this is my experience, and help you come to a decision but won't offer advice unless asked for. That I have now, a problem, younger, I want you to listen. Did, when, when, when you were younger, when you had friends at a certain age, did you find that they would give you advice? Because I think that is something that you grow out of because you realize you can't do that. Yeah, I think most of us, you're right. When we're younger, we give advice, and even though nobody asked for it. So why are we giving it? Yeah. They're saying they have a problem. But when you posted the pictures of the train tracks, <laughs> linear train tracks representing a man's mind, and... I I do think men can file away a problem, not think about it, compartmentalize. That until was Bill they, Clinton's gift, apparently. But we women have a harder time doing that. The problems constantly <laughs> well knock around in our heads. But I think, I, I, yeah, and and sometimes they're the things that will wake us up in the middle of the night that we ruminate and we chew and we chew and we chew and then we ruminate. Chris sleeps like a baby because he doesn't he doesn't do that kind of thing. He he sort of follows that Mel Robbins um, school of thought, which is let them. You know, if if people that you love are determined to do something that you don't think they should do, let them and it, just let them. So he's okay with that with children too. Because I, I guess yeah, because you, you parents have, have to let us make mistakes. Yeah, you. I think you you have to, and that's the hard part. But if you if you don't, then your child will be incapable of facing of the world, facing making the decisions world when you're gone. Yeah, and I mean you hate to think about it like that, but that's what this 
That's what this is all about, is making sure that they have roots and wings and that they are prepared for a day without you. Yeah. And so the other thing in our potluck today is male and female decision-making. How does it work for you? And has this created challenges, shall we say? Problem solving. In Just basic problem, problem solving. solving. Because when the kids, and it's, I think it's interesting for Chris now that I'm older because um, I I almost think I would qualify. I think if he were being honest and not just having fun with me, if I said to him, did you ever think I would ever be this mellow? He would have said, under no circumstances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, have you mellowed? Do you think you've mellowed? Yes. Over time? Definitely. I mean, you have to. Of course. Well, when, when the longer you're on the planet, the more things start to repeat themselves. And you and see. so something that would make us flip out years ago, it's like, oh, this. Oh, this And again. you might see a young person flipping out about it, so... You know, you have to tread lightly, as you say. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we want to hear more from you on the Royal Blanks, Missouri text line, 84126. And we're thinking about what's happening on the swans, <laughs> right? The we're, feud. We're talking about men's brains versus women's brains. Oh, speaking of men's brains, listen to MFA, Mike from Accounting. You're a thousand percent right, JB. I shouldn't treat Alabama with the contempt that is rightfully directed to Arkansas. Yikes. <laughs> and then he says, just kidding. I'm actually neutral yes, about yes. states. But you are funny. And um, from the 314, a listener says, years ago I was doing stand-up and I did some research on men's and women's brains. And I saw an article in Psychology Today that showed like an infrared picture of a man's brain and a woman's brain side by side at work versus rest. When you looked at the woman's brain, there was a lot of color going on. You looked at the man's brain, pretty much none. So when men say they're thinking nothing, they really mean it. And they're scientific proof. You know, that is why People do yoga and have for thousands of years. What do you call it? The great? So that they can get to that state of nothingness. And they call it monkey mind because if we all sat there and try to sit quietly and breathe for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, even if it's a guided meditation, all these thoughts pop in and out of our heads. And the yogis who teach this will say, don't fight it. Let them come and go. And with daily practice, and again, people have been doing this for thousands of years, right. you'll get to that state where there's nothing. But what you and I have <laughs> discovered <laughs> is in terms, there's of, always something. in terms of monkey mind and, and letting the thought come and go, in my monkey mind, the thought comes and then a lot of other little thoughts latch on <laughs> it sets right? a mouse it, it's, it's your brain you know it's it's like you know you're spinning chris will say to me you're spinning or he hasn't said it in a while but he, back in the day he would say you're spinning because right. one concern becomes another concern and then but what about this over there you know that kind of stuff i i'm not sure but i think there might be evidence that ruminating does not help it, it does not help people solve problems by ruminating. And that's when you get in that loop, spinning. Spinning. That doesn't help Absolutely. any of us, but oh. we're so good at it. Absolutely. I don't know. If you, are, if you are a man or if you are a woman who is married to a man who ruminates, who goes down that, you know, that sort of wormhole or 
black hole or whatever it is, you know, that that is so difficult to navigate your way out of, let us know because we always sort of generalize and as if it's only women mm-hmm. who who do that kind of thing. Oh, I've known some angsty artist types, male, who ruminated quite a bit and that made them creative. By the way, I have a little side note here, breaking news story from a week ago in the New York Times. What? What? You can't find chocolate chip ice cream anymore. It's what? fallen what? out of what? flavor and fallen out of flavor and favor. People who want straight chocolate chip ice cream can't find Why? it. Is there somebody who's find, clinging? There's a whole New York Times article about this. Somebody is clinging. Reported from ice cream shops and frozen food aisles in Boulder, Colorado. This was February 15th. So maybe this is only the case in Boulder. But this reporter, Matt Richtel, Richtel, called a lot of different ice cream companies asking what was the reason for the chocolate chip ice cream flavor slide. It's just not as popular as cookies and cream. People just aren't raising their children correctly <laughs> anymore. What I mean, so next you're going to tell me that mint chocolate chip is also out of favor? I can't imagine that. But somebody said they just bought chocolate chip two weeks ago at Schnucks. Yeah, see, the New York Times, you know, (laughs) those highfalutin big city Uh, people. This guy's from Colorado. We're going to hang on to our chocolate chip because we're Americans. Thank you very much. (laughs) I don't think kids like mint chocolate chip, though, right? I don't think I don't think that's a popular flavor. How can it mint chocolate chip? Because you know, like like toothpaste is mint. You know, it's not as fun as the other flavors. Chocolate in it. I like to make ice cream with just the thin mint cookies. And I did buy some, what's the liqueur that's green? Creme de menthe. I bought Creme some, de menthe. I bought some of that, and somebody said, don't put that in. The taste of it is hideous. Is it because it's spearmint, I wonder, as Connor's saying? It would taste like toothpaste? I've just made plain vanilla with crushed up thin mint cookies. Seems to do the trick. Okay, because this is potluck. Potluck yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> I, have another, I have another observation, and I have really, I've, I've really, really ruminated about it, whether or not I should bring it up. What is going on with children and cold weather wear? I don't know who this person was. I was driving out of my neighborhood this morning. Someone who looked to be an au pair, could easily have been a mommy, had, she was wearing a puffer coat. Right. Okay. The little boy in the little wagon was wearing a T-shirt. Now, wasn't he cold? I don't well, know. But it was, it's go- not cold today. No, well, it's cold in the morning. No. It's going to be it nice. Forty-three. Gonna- but if the mama needed 40- it, wouldn't the baby? That's when my I point. when I pulled it up. It said sixty-one in my car. See, I thought it was. I thought it was in the forties or the fifties. That was, a, Still, that was a, at nine o'clock, if, so maybe if, it was maybe you if, were up really early. No, but if mommy's wearing a puffer coat, why is baby wearing a t-shirt? I just has anybody else noticed this? this Are is, babies like puppies or something? <laughs> no, I've never had any. No, where no. their their body temperature is real when, warm. I, I I I don't understand this generational shift because our children could probably have been hit by. A bicycle or some kind of automobile, we had them so puffed out and layered in in terms of warmth. Mm-hmm. That is not a thing today. That is not a thing today. I see it all the time. 
and I have seen it. I've seen it on social media where people say, "Did you notice at Target?" Like somebody will take a picture. They will actually take a picture of a mom wearing a puffer winter coat, and you know what I'm talking about, like the mm-hmm. Michelin Man coat. Mm-hmm. So she's wearing that, and the baby doesn't have socks on. Or I mean, that's I'm just interesting. To, I'm just trying to figure that out. And I could just ask my kids because they actually do bundle up their children. So, uh-huh. but but this is like a new thing, and I don't understand where it's coming from. Interesting. Here, this might be the text of the day. If you want someone to gain monkey mind, just put a microphone in front of them. <laughs> But we have it naturally. And apparently uh, people do still like chocolate chip ice cream. Somebody said it was hard to find. Someone else from the 314, great. Now I want chocolate chip ice cream. Pam Mahoney said, Jennifer, get on the ice cream making I never got off it, really. No. no, Deerberg sells Baskin-Robbins chocolate chip. Agree. Why aren't babies dressed like their caretaker? Were they getting in the car? No. No. Uh Uh-uh. They were not. And they can't wear they can't wear coats in their little car seats. Um, look at the kids; they're not wearing winter coats. A lot of boys oh, that is just true. Wearing... I see that when Mark and I are walking in the school, kids are getting out. It was cold early. I see young couples with kids at the grocery store in thin socks or no socks and t-shirts, and the parents have coats on. That is common nowadays. But please, if you can share with us the reason why. Was it a book that we mm-hmm. that we missed that said like our mothers read Doctor Spock? Yes, Doctor Spock. Spock. And then T. Barry Brazelton uh-huh. was a was a uh, the the pediatrician of choice. But I'm my, just my mother always talked about Doctor Spock, and then when Star Trek came out and I was a kid, I thought that was who it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the doctor? Who you that's doc- so that's Dr. Spock. And then he became, was he viewed as somebody who became more political? Because didn't he speak out against the war in Vietnam, Dr. Spock? Um, 84126. My pediatrician told me to dress my infants with the same amount of layers uh, that I that I, that I I wear. Okay, when was that? Because there's a different pediatrician yeah. out there giving <laughs> giving advice. Let us know. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we will chat with Jay O'Brien from ABC News. As usual, we are going to shift gears here for a bit, and then we'll get back to your texts. Uh, let's go to Jay O'Brien, ABC News correspondent in Washington, who says there is talk on Capitol Hill that we need Congress to stand up to Putin. Uh, good morning, Jay. Thank you for joining us. And who's saying we need to stand up to Putin? Well, it's interesting. You're hearing it a lot, frankly, from some Republicans on Capitol Hill and a lot from Democrats and tons, as you would imagine, from the White House. The White House has said Congress is, let's not forget, as you and I talked about yesterday, out on vacation right. um, while they need to, A, fund the government and, B, give assistance to Ukraine, the White House says. Um, Don't forget also that all of this comes in a very dynamic news environment as it relates to Putin, because firstly, the killing of Alexei Navalny, which has been thrust into the headlines, as you guys know. And then secondly, don't forget that 
recently, you know, wanting to be declassified intelligence that you and I talked about that relates to the Russians wanting to put a nuclear capability in space to target satellites. So with all of that, plus the coming two-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, and Ukrainians saying to some of my colleagues at ABC in Ukraine on the battlefield, they need Congress, they use the word Congress in the U.S. to act, all of that is making it a very dynamic situation when Congress returns to see if that Ukraine aid can finally get broken out of this logjam. But who knows if that's going to happen. And, and meanwhile, Jay, we are we are marching toward a presidential election and you don't hear too much about potential Russian interference, which was a you know, that was a story for a very long time, four years ago. And probably well, eight years ago. And think of the theme Russia is playing in this election, even despite that. Sorry, I almost cut you off because I got excited to bring it up. But, you know, A, there's that um, statement by special in, in court filings from the special counsel who's investigating Hunter Biden, who charged that individual, Alex, uh, Alexander Smirnov, with making up allegations um, about an untoward business relationship between a Ukrainian company and Hunter Biden and President Biden. Those allegations, the special counsel says, are false. He charged Smirnov for making them. They were one of the pillars that set off the impeachment inquiry into President Biden that's still going on, uh, that's being run by House Republicans. Smirnov told investigators, according to those court filings, that he met with Russian agents. Um, and that's where these allegations arose from. Now, those comments have got to make their way through the court system to be adjudicated and things of that nature. But that's one element of the aspect that Russia's playing in this. You've got Donald Trump on the trail, sorry to go on long here, talking about Navalny, but not referencing Putin when he talks about Navalny's killing, all of that stuff. So Russia is looming as a specter over these elections, in addition to all the other serious issues that Americans care about and are going to be casting their votes on this year. Jay, as an ABC News correspondent in Washington, when Congress is off, is your access to the White House better, worse, different? Um, It's interesting. Congress is a very dynamic environment in that there's limited security parameters. It's very secure building, but like if you're a credentialed member of the press, you can go talk to lawmakers in the hallway. You could chase the Speaker of the House. Remember, you and I were on the phone, Speaker of the House yeah. walked right by me, and I just shouted a question at him. That's Congress. That's what makes covering Congress so much fun. In the White House, and it's not just this White House, it's just the way White Houses are. There are only limited places that you are allowed to go as a credentialed member of the press. You can go to the briefing room, you can go to the bathroom, and then you pretty much need a handle or any Anywhere else you go. Again, it's that way in the White House, no matter who is in charge. Congress, if you've got a press credential, you can go anywhere. And that's really valuable as a reporter. So you just have different access on Capitol Hill. And and speaking of reporters, sorry to throw this one at you at the last minute. Is there any uh, late word on the Wall Street Journal reporter who is being detained in Russia? Evan Gershkovich. Yeah. I, I mean, nothing meaningful. We know that Vladimir Putin has expressed interest in dealing with the United States on this issue, but he views Gershkovich as someone who is a spy. Now, that is obviously preposterous. He's not a spy. But if Vladimir Putin has that position or even is publicly expressing that position, it makes it hard for the United States because it means Vladimir Putin wants something which he would view as equal in return. You know, you always want parity in these cases, the Russians say. Um, And and so that's hard because the U.S., you know, would trade a 
Russian spy for someone who was just picked up off the street and is a journalist doing his job. It makes these negotiations difficult. Um, but Putin has expressed an openness to deal. The question is, what are the terms? Jay O'Brien, ABC News correspondent from Washington. Thanks so much for joining us here in St. Louis. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jay. And we are coming up in the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show. Thank you for all your texts. We will get to them because they are coming in at an alarming rate. And that's a good thing. The other thing we do want to talk about when we come back, have any of you seen Poor Things or Feud? When we started talking about feud, we didn't have any takers. We didn't have many takers, maybe two or three. But now that it's been on, maybe there's some water cooler conversation. Are you watching Capote it? And the yeah, swans. and the swans. Mm-hmm. We're watching it and enjoying it very much, but we'd love to hear from you. Right now, though, coming up on More News with Jim Fairchild and ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show after that. This is the Big 550, KTRS, St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy Show. The Royal Bank's Missouri tax lines are open 84126. The phone lines are open as well, 314-931-5877. I saw a news story about your favorite actor, Harrison Ford. Oh, what did he do? Is he okay? He, in 1976, he rented the top floor of a house, and he left behind some things, including an unfinished, incomplete copy of a script from the first Star Wars movie ever made, and it recently sold at auction for $13,500. I did not buy it, if that's what you're wanting the to The owners of the Notting Hill <laughs> home say Ford, who rented out the top two floors, was an excellent tenant, very tidy. He purchased plants for their garden. He attended a first birthday party for their son. He left behind some other personal items that were auctioned off including a Star Wars shooting schedule with a handwritten note on it that sold for $6,000, a letter from Ford's agent in which she chides him for not contacting his then-wife, that sold for $223. The sale set a new record for a Star Wars script. You know, as much as I consider myself a super fan of Harrison Ford, um, I wouldn't... I'm not one of those that would want to pay for anything that he had or touched. Yeah. Or, right, you know, I mean, I think it's great that people do that, but I'm, I'm not I'm not that. I'd rather take the family on a vacation <laughs> than have a gum wrapper right. <laughs> thrown into the trash by Harrison Ford or anybody else for that matter. Well, you know, I'm a recovering collector. Did you have that kind of stuff? Was it like fangirl stuff no. other than Princess Diana? Because I know Princess that- Diana, Martha Stewart. Oh, yes. well, of course. You know, I bought a lot of her stuff, like her copper cookie cutters that I never used and I then sold when she was in prison. Say that again because you have your, oh, you have your food. copper cookie cutter. Her <laughs> copper cookie cutter. And all of her Christmas ornaments. Yeah, Diana and Martha would have been my fangirl stuff. But otherwise, you know, I collected lamps made in the 40s and the 50s, and I just looked on this one website where they're selling a pair of lamps. And I had a similar pair of lamps, and it's something like $1,500. <gasps> but as per of usual, <laughs> buy high and sell low. Well, at least you didn't. Did you ever do the Beanie Baby thing? I mean, no, ever... but I'm familiar with it. Okay. Yes. Or the McDonald's toys. I had friends who saved those and. Then these two guys thought for sure they would make a fortune. 
when they had a neighborhood garage sale and what they made was $1 from a teacher for a huge tub of McDonald's toys. We are, um, obviously, oh. your microphone is wide open, 84126 Royal Banks of Missouri text oh, line. Connor, could Connor. you turn your microphone on? And, you got uh, some splaining to do. Because we're going to have you respond to this <laughs> texter from the 618. What, I mean, what happened to the gospel song? I don't know. You didn't want to play it last week, so I thought maybe you had moved nice on try. from it. Nice I thought maybe you didn't try. want to play it. I didn't want to alienate the already alienated on Valentine's okay. Day. It was a... But this is Wednesday, so we should have... I, I apologize to you, Area Code 618, because I did give him stink eye. When it became clear <laughs> yes. that he, <laughs> look at this from the 314, Jennifer, say butter for us. <laughs> butter. <laughs> Copper cookie cutters. <laughs> That's fantastic. Have you ever watched the Martha Stewart thing? Not yet, you, but I, I mean, believe I me, believe me. Isn't it funny that our list of things to do now includes the stuff that we want to watch. Yes. You know, it it used to just be, eh, you know, you but streaming has made all of that all of well, that possible. Well, it's such a pleasure. It's like going to the movies only you get to do it at home. I know. And it's still special to go to the movies. I know. Um now, I don't think we talked about this on the air, but the True Detective finale, you and I have both watched and we're not going to talk about it because Many of you probably haven't watched it. There's the that's therein lies the rub when it comes to streaming. But um, if you if you ever have an opportunity and you would like to talk about it with us, we'd love to talk to somebody because we were both pretty confused. Mm. I think that's safe to say mm-hmm. by the way they wrapped it up. Yeah, and we don't want to say anything yet. No, we don't want because to say anything we'll else. wait a little more time. Listen, from Flight Attendant Dave, I found the script from the first original Batman movie in an overhead bin. I did the only thing I could think of and turned it in. Wow. You know, that's a that's a great, to me, that's a great test of character, mm-hmm. right? Yes, integrity, character, good for you, Dave. Yeah. And um, I'm, but here's the question. What happened to it? Somebody used to send me cash at Channel 5. Not a lot. No return address. I gave it to HR. I didn't want it. It wasn't, you know, and if it was a lot, I would have done the same thing. But then I wondered, <laughs> the HR what guy left. Right. And did... it wasn't enough money to, you know, even worry about. But I just thought, what what am I supposed to do with it? I'm giving it to HR. You decide. I don't know what they decided. From the 314, please post when you're going to play the gospel <laughs> so version. I can turn off the radio. So I can turn off the radio. Such a polarizing song. It's like mozzarella and Provel. I mm-hmm. don't understand. It's it's a minute of gospel music. I genuinely don't get that. It's what happy. other sounds, aside from fingernails on a chalkboard, can't you stand? I can't stand it when the buzzer goes off on my oven. I've got one. What? Geese. Because they are everywhere in our backyard. Well, this morning, Josie was having her French toast sticks for breakfast. (laughs) And she was watching from her high chair. She was watching all of these geese. And they're, it's just that, that it's the most awful sound. Um, And and you, this is why, and I'll, I'll tell Chris, he'll be, he'll say to me, what? 
in the heckle and jekyll is going on. Uh-huh. And you'll see occasionally a goose in another goose's face. <laughs> oh, and I'm thinking, oh. he stayed out too late. She is not happy about it. <laughs> and that's what happens in goose land when you... But that's a great they question. Are mean. What's your least favorite sound? I mean, everybody would think jackhammer, right? Like a one of those things that's cracking concrete. Um, yeah, I... I think I'm more auditory, even though I'm losing my hearing, but I'm more auditory than visual. Some people are more visual than auditory because sometimes if I hear certain voices, I think this could be a perfectly wonderful human being. I could never live with this person. I could not listen to this voice. And, you know, I yell at the TV set often. And when I look at my audition tapes from 40 years ago, Uh I... I realized that I was very breathy, I talk up hair, and then I hear these young women today who have vocal fry, and they talk like this, and all I can think of is how they're ruining their vocal cords, so I can't, I can't stop, I mean, I'm auditory, more than visual. And I get, I, I definitely get that, which is funny, though, because visually, you're so good in terms of picture taking. I mean, you know exactly, you could well, be a professional I try to curator. make people... Look good. But see, isn't that visual? Are you equally visual and auditory? Taking photos of people just from working in front of a camera for almost 50 years, I learned Mm -hmm. a few things and remembered them from photographers. But I think there are a lot of people who can do that. Mm, I don't know. know. Uh, they, They just don't think about it. I, on the other hand, if somebody has a voice that is too deep, I can't listen to it. Mm -hmm. I can't listen to it. It's like, it's like my, there's something happens in my body and I just have to turn the radio off. If it's a guy and his voice is, I can't even, if it's somebody and his voice is too deep, I have to turn the radio off. Yes. Is that crazy? You you know, have you ever seen like a gorgeous woman and then she opens her mouth and I think, wow, I wonder. Like vocal fry? Or no, like the voices. dentist drill. That that's one of the oh the dentist dental drill. drill, the absolute worst. Yes, oh. and why can't someone change that? They could buy an island because part of the anxiety of the dental chair is hearing that drill. Oh, I really do. Okay, obviously eight four one two six. Your mouths, your um, your um, texts are coming in. Oh, Quite a, rapidly. The fast whisper that NPR news announcers use. Saturday Night Live has made fun of them. Right. With the famous um, sweaty. Yeah. We won't say it. Skit. Yes. No. Um, my it, least favorite sound is my wife's voice. I don't know if that's Chris. It might be, I suppose. Oh, no. Crapping, cracking open a metal ice tray. Hmm. That does kind of sound like. Or breaking styrofoam, you know, styrofoam cups. The sound of styrofoam is... Connor, do you have one? And be nice. And uh, don't say the gospel <laughs> version. <laughs> no, I actually I like the gospel version. I do. I side with the textures that like it. Um, I don't know. You guys yeah. have mentioned them. The dentist drill always is, horrible. is, is, is terrible. I really don't like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff Zufall has a nice voice, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's my cue. <laughs> She's so elegant. You can hear his you voice. You would never know it. <laughs> every, <laughs> every Saturday at 3 here on the Big 550, the radio show is called Keep What's Yours. And Jeff Zufall is the co-host along with Josh Gilbert from the Heidi Glau Show. And they talk about money. And this is the time of year where, I don't know about you, I have a bunch of papers scattered all over the dining room table. And like every day I go, ah, what are we doing with our taxes? Oh, my God. All you have to do is call Jeff Zufall. They'll take you through the year. They'll keep you calm. There will be no panic. If you think you might like to become a client, give a call. 636-394-5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Jeff Zufall is a planner, and you have to plan ahead to get your taxes done on time. And also, he says it helps to plan ahead if you're thinking about retiring. They sit down with you. They'll let you know if you can afford to retire. You might have to work another few years. They'll come up with a written financial plan so that you will know what your first day of retirement looks like and you can rest assured you won't outlive your money. 636-394-5524. Look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Or listen in this Saturday at 3 to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall and Josh Gilbert right here on The Big 550. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. Rush on the Big 550. KTRS. I'd never heard of this singer, Maggie Rogers, until yesterday. She's from the eastern shore of Maryland. And she went to NYU. I guess she, in 2016, she got some notoriety. She had writer's block. She was going to um, a school in New York. And... Is it Pharrell Williams? Farrell? How do you say his name? Pharrell? Pharrell. Pharrell was the artist in residence, and she had written this one song that took her 15 minutes to write, and he listened to it. He loved it, and she took off. But here's another song by Maggie Rogers called Don't Forget Me. Rogers. The song is Don't Forget Me. In 2016, when uh, Pharrell Williams heard her and apparently made a video, he had never heard anything like it, he said, several record labels tried to sign her. Uh, and when she signed a contract with Capitol Records, what she did, and I think Taylor, this is a Taylor Swift effect, she um, has control over her sound and image more than many artists at this point in their career. Because even though she has a contract with Capitol Records, she licenses her music to them through her own company, DeBay Sounds. Wow. And, you know, that shows that uh, a 29-year-old may have gotten help or inspiration from, from Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, and you know, I've been very happy, and thank heavens we haven't mentioned the two T's, um, but I, I've been very happy with the reception on social media. More people are defending Taylor Swift than are attacking her, yes. in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, because they're saying, you know what, your daughters are paying attention to what you're saying about this woman that they think is the bee's knees, mm-hmm. to use an expression from the ancient world. Um, where, where I come from. Oh, and speaking of women making an impression, Beyonce's Texas Hold'em, which we played yesterday, she's now the first black woman to top the country charts with that good song. Good for her. Texas Hold'em. I know. Good for her. Our quote today comes from Bernard Berenson. This is kind of a look into my past. My oh, house, my gosh. My house is a library with living rooms attached. <laughs> <laughs> no longer. That's great. No longer. That is but fantastic. Because as you downsize a house, you know, you have to downsize some belongings, including 350 books I once donated to the book fair. Yeah, and, uh, and, and so often that downsizing will lead you to furniture purchasing because you're thinking, wait a minute, if I'm going to go a little more minimal here, I want to have the nicest furniture possible. And may we suggest Miller Furniture. And it's not spelled the the typical way. So when you go to the to the internet, it's Miller M U E L L E R Furniture dot com. And uh, I love websites that are well put together and well managed without a lot of pop ups, and where you can really get a sense for the kind of inventory uh, that a furniture store has. And that is exactly what you're going to uh, to find at MillerFurniture dot com. They have a brand-new 55,000-square-foot warehouse showroom in Fairview Heights. It's almost like a small country when you're standing there, and it is open, and uh, people are just loving it. This location has all of the same Miller Furniture quality brands while also featuring the largest luxury mattress gallery and premium clearance section in the St. Louis and Metro East area. And maybe you've heard us say that sleeping is the new clubbing when you get to a certain demographic area. And uh, these these new mattresses, these luxury mattresses, oh, my heavens, you've wanted a good night's sleep. That's where you're going to find it, Miller Furniture. Fourth-generation, family-owned business with their flagship location located in Belleville. They are located in Lake St. Louis at the Meadows Shopping Center, Ellisville off of Manchester Road, and that brand-new 2nd Metro East location in Fairview Heights. They are selling quality furniture brands with the largest selection and custom order options from brands like Flex Steel, Smith Brothers of Burn, custom Amish made furniture brands, and so much more. They have six million, excuse me, make that over six million dollars of inventory on sale, including in stock and custom orders. And you'll find out firsthand what it takes uh, to have a fourth-generation family-owned business, you have to do it very, very well, and you have to keep the customers happy, happy or happy. They've been doing that for almost 100 years. <laughs> MillerFurniture.com. You'll see their selection and learn more. And please be sure to tell them that KTRS sent you. Have you ever read The Guardian? The newspaper? Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, they say landlines are back for young people because they like twirling the cord. 
They like twirling the cord. <laughs> well, and they love turntables. And, so maybe right. they're going to bring all this were stuff back. Were these called princess phones? or Those were, I don't uh, know. The princess phone looked like that. It just didn't have a little the, kitty cat on the it. little uh, window or display, mm-hmm. whatever it was. The princess phone just was um, like sleek. It almost looked like a, ban- a, a banana. That's the only way I know how to Okay, I kind of remember. Well, in 2010, 63% of us Americans had both wireless and landlines. But that is not the case anymore. But apparently Gen Z customers are charmed by the analog tech. They use they still use cell phones for daily tasks, but they appreciate the aesthetic of the landline. I used to have one of the old-time phones in, you know, my house just cuz I liked how it looked. It wasn't hooked up. I know you. <laughs> As I said, I'm a recovering collector. What I loved are the little in the older houses, um, the ones from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and there's the little nook in the hallway yes. for the telephone. I, I lived in a couple of houses in Richmond Heights that have that. Yeah, that's so cute. Oh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, you can almost see the the telephone back in the day because there was usually one phone oh, i mean oh don't i know it you know in the 60s then i i don't know in the 60s and 70s i don't know if they just became more affordable but um everybody had a phone you were you were really sort of considered you know you have arrived if you have a a phone in your room when you're a teenage girl mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s yeah, and then if you had other siblings, it's like get off the phone. Right, exactly. Tell her stop talking. To did her you ever have a party? It's my turn. Did you ever have a party no. line? No, I didn't either. Did anybody out there eight four one two six? I feel like I really missed out on some terrific eavesdrop. I know. I mean, of course, I watched Andy Griffith. And yes. <laughs> yes, and they and would... some of the old movies. The phone that looks like a banana was called a trim line. That's right. Okay. The princess phone was sort of in. Was it like an oval? Um, the it was like the oval, and then you're right. You were right, texture. Uh, the phone looked like a banana. It's called a trim line. That was a that was actually a birthday present for me oh, once when I, you were a teen. I think I was like eleven. Oh, yeah. wow! Your I was own phone. very hip. Um, one of the things that you and I were talking about when it came to feud was. The fact, the disclosure, and we don't know if it's true. We don't know if it's been embellished for entertainment purposes. And this is a TV show about Truman Capote and these high society women he referred to as the swans. The very, very, very wealthy women that he um, that he socialized with. And Babe Paley loved him as much as he loved her. They were very, very close. Um, but... Babe Paley's husband, William Paley, who was the chairman of CBS. Should we tell? Yeah. Okay. Because I think it was history. This is all okay. based on history. You were surprised. Yes, that he was having an affair with, with her, her best, best friend. friend. I don't consider that a best friend. Of course it's not a best I friend. I mean, but when I, saw I was that, shocked. When I saw that, I see things like that and I think, okay, am I the outlier? Uh-uh. Or is no, this like, was, no. this, was this something that was... In the 70s, because I had heard from people I used to work with who were alive, these these key parties and places at, you know, the airport hotels that, you know, things were, if you saw the ice storm, uh, the Ang Lee classic, that, I... Sigourney Weaver, Kevin Klein, 
just a it was just a depressing. I recall that it was depressing, but I and uh, Joan Allen, I believe, was also in it. I can't remember any of the other people that were in it, but, but there was this kind of situation was, yeah, where there yeah. were like key parties. And and people were, you know, you would go into a party and you'd put your keys in a bowl. And then at the end of the night, if some guy or some other woman or whatever, it was just, I suppose, open marriages Is at the like, time. Uh, Alice, Ted, there were some yes, movies. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. And Wife now swapping. they call it poly, uh, polyamorous. I, I don't call know if it, that's how you say it. In my house, I would call it very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there are couples yeah, who are. Yeah. yeah. One woman has two husbands or vice versa. Not not official, but well, and it then seems I, so complicated. And then you hear about the the pineapple. I always thought the, I always thought the pineapple oh, flag. Was I got some, rid of that collection. Right, I, I had a pineapple collection, <laughs> I thought, and then I heard it's what. I thought it was a symbol for hospitality. Me I didn't too. realize well, it was it's that a kind, kind of kind of hospitality. If there's a pineapple. Out on the doorstep, you know the woman's husband is gone. Yeah. I never knew had that. No idea. Yeah, I got rid of that collection. Had no idea. But I do think in Hawaii, it, it has evolved into a symbol of hospitality, not that kind. I could be wrong. I hope so. <laughs> but yes, I mean, we were so Jennifer and I were, and we are worldly people. We're not naive, but that was really stunning to me. And so I don't know. I've if never that's, heard of that, and I was. Alive in the seventies, and Babe Paley knew about yeah. it. That was the really that I, was the heartbreaking. I thing. figured it was because they're so rich and they were in a stratosphere of society that most of us, I, I never were even exposed to. But you know, Truman Capote had the first black and white ball. Yes, yes, and the Met Gala is based on that, and Nelly's ball is the same sort of the same thing. Yeah, that he, he has had, every year here in St. Louis. He had a great quote. If you were paying attention at one point in in the episode, he says, "Life, after all, is a masquerade ball." Isn't that kind of? That's pretty good. Yeah, imitation. I couldn't, I couldn't I figured, possibly do. I figured Carney would have him down perfectly. You know, imitating him, uh-huh. <laughs> and then Mark did. Wait, Mark Jansen I'm did like, Truman Capote? Yes. And it just freaked me out. I'm like, okay, stop. <laughs> I guess it depends. You're a good mimic. Are I didn't you, know. Are stop. You, are you doing, I can't even do it. Are you doing Philip Seymour Hoffman as Capote? Or are you doing Tom Holland? And thank you, by the way, for that the other day, because I couldn't figure out what Tom's last name was. And we didn't have time to Google. And somebody did, in fact, share that his uh, last name was Holland. A lot of Hollander. Hollander. Tom Holland is the the younger uh, Spider Man. That's what I said. That's what I said. A lot of pineapples out in St. Charles County. Hmm. Ask John and Josh. Maybe I've never. I think it has evolved into a symbol of like family hospitality. hospitality. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Carrot Cake Liz says, you ladies are so educational. Thank you for the pineapple info. She's probably going to go home and take her. She is so sweet and so talented. She made my friend Jean a flourless chocolate cake, which I'm sure, Liz, you've heard from Jean. I'll see her tomorrow. It was so beautiful. The only pineapple, I guess, that she's interested in is the pineapple on the bottom of an upside-down cake, right? I bet she's got. I asked Carrot Cake Liz if she ever thought about doing this as a business, baking because she's so she? talented. She said, I hope it's okay that I'm repeating this, Liz. If she won the lottery after spending a month at spring training, 
she would have a food truck, biscuits and gravy. So you can only imagine how light as a feather her biscuits must be. My biscuits are whatever comes in the tube from Pillsbury. <laughs> Those are my biscuits. Are either of you attending Carnival Saturday night? We are not because Ed Carnival Becker. always is on my oh, husband's birthday. So sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Is your husband turning 6-0? He's turning <gasps> the big 6-0. So, Ooh. yes, if you if he crosses your path, feel free to That's have fun pretty, with that. That's a pretty, you know, it's, huge. it's major. It's major. For a lot of people. Yes, it is major. And is he listening or can you tell us about any special celebration? Well, you better not because he listens from time I don't, to time. I don't know. Uh, oh, my gosh, Jennifer, I'm glad you told Mark to stop. Ooh. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, um, 60 is a it's a big birthday. Uh-huh. And, you know, 60 is a good time to, you know, maybe if your wife is is going to take advantage of the fact that you're turning 60 and maybe get a little decorating done while you're... Oh, honey, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, honey. I redecorated the study. I re... Thank you, I, Curtain Exchange. I redecorated the Surprise. family room for you. <laughs> Who are these contractors? Oh, oh honey, baby, yeah. sugar cookie. Happy They're here for your birthday. 60th. Happy 60th. Uh, whatever the reason, if you would like to update the look of your home, if it's just a room, uh, if it's an entire whole house reset, Ellen and Barbara at the Curtain Exchange. Those are the only names you need to remember. The Curtain Exchange is located on Maryland Avenue in the heart of Clayton, 8119 Maryland Avenue, on the uh, the, the beautiful uh, tree-lined streets of, of Maryland Avenue. And please, you know, if you drive by and you see the Curtain Exchange, well, I don't need curtains. Well, don't let the name fool you because, yes, they have curtains. Uh, yes, they have window treatments, but they also have everything else that you need to pull the look of your home together. They have furniture, they have rugs, they have accessories, they have bedding. And just on the outside chance that you are thinking of decorating your home online, please don't do that because you are going to waste a lot of money and a lot of time uh, taking those returns back to the UPS store. You know, they have such a great relationship with generations of St. Louisans because, uh, first of all, they're just respectful of of your ideas and of your bottom line. You're not going to go in there and have them say, oh, yeah, this needs a grand piano. You need to knock this wall down. Um, they are very, very respectful of your bottom line. And uh, that leads me to one of the best things about the Curtain Exchange. It's a full design service. And what that means is nobody has a stopwatch. There is no hourly fee. It is simply part of the Curtain Exchange service because they believe, Ellen and Barbara, that uh, when you are relaxed in telling them what your vision is, you are going to get a much better result. The phone number is 314-863-1112. And please be sure to tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Did you guys tell me you do like the director, Sam Mendez? Is that how you say his name? He was married to Kate Winslet. He Oh, that's right. And now I do his name does sound familiar. He did Revolutionary Road. Did he do American Beauty? I, I'm I'm probably not. Well he got the rights to do a biopic for the that'll Beatles, come out right? in two thousand twenty seven. 
and it tells the story. I don't know if it's four films or one, but it tells the story of the Beatles from each one's point of view. Yeah, it sounded like he wants to do four movies. So is it like the same movie, but from John's point of view, Paul? Yeah, it'll ring- be like Rashomon. No, I don't know if it'll. I don't know what. I don't know if they've explained what that means with four movies, but uh, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see I who they get so to play too. all the. Uh, Right, all these, and, and all these famous people. Which one has the highest box office? Because if you, I mean, it's still, it's almost like a Ginger and Marianne question. People say John Paul George Ringo. You know, like mm-hmm. which one was your favorite? Um, I asked the Ginger and Marianne question to one of our colleagues, and he said both. And it just so happens, I believe that his significant other, you and I have discussed her, is a combination of the two. She's Okay. We won't say any names, but I, I thought, wow, he got Is everything my he chair wanted. Sinking. <laughs> Come back. Connor, Come back. What's happening? And with another my chair? colleague, I knew it was Ginger. It, it, it is it is sinking. <laughs> Are you doing that on purpose? No. No. Are you doing this because I have height envy? No. And you're not six at all. feet tall and I'm no, not suddenly no. Wendy's chair. <laughs> not at all. Am I headed to the floor? Yeah. I mean <laughs> Dear Santa. We need new chairs in the studio. <laughs> Signed. Look at this. Oh, wait. Let me do my hair. I'm taking a picture. She's taking a picture. Here, I'll do my... Oh my I God. can't really see well enough. This is so. terrible. Am I, I, think, I think I'm still sinking. No, I think you're all the way... I feel like I'm in quicksand. I think you're all the way at the bottom. Am I all the way down? Nobody sits like this, do they? No, I, I don't. I, oh, I mean, my heavens. I mean, you're <laughs> right like on the microphone. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I feel like... Suddenly, you're five feet tall, Suddenly, feet I'm tall. five feet tall. Um, what were we just talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles biopic the by Beatles Sam Mendes. I don't know which one is my favorite. I don't know. Paul's eyes. I mean, I love I love all of them. You know, we have covered everything today. We have. Women's we brains, called, men's brains. We talked about Do we about want a third luck. party in politics? Uh, why Congress is not standing behind Putin? Yeah. The new songwriter, Maggie right. Rogers, who was discovered by Pharrell Williams in her class in 2016. And we know that we've disappointed many of you because we are the sports voice of KTRS. We know that you tune in to 10 to 12 just to hear we, our take on the sports. We broke the story yesterday, thanks to Brendan Weesey about yes, the Missouri Athletic did. Director. Yes, we did. Wow. I knew they made a lot of money, but when I was reading the Post... Her salary was one point two five million, and she's only going to make one million. <laughs> Colorado. How will she get by? <laughs> you talk about women who have everything, and she's gorgeous, and she's smart, and she's great at her job. I don't know about her family, but it sounds like she's going back to her alma mater. Yes, and it sounds like from what Brendan was sort of laying out for us, it sounds like they have quite a few challenges, and maybe mm-hmm. she is trying to to make a difference at a place that is important to her. Oh, she has a hyphenated last name, and it sounds French, doesn't it? Yes. So Francois. maybe she's married to a... I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Are we discussing sports? I think we, we're not really. Sports by no. extension. Gary Pinkle was making almost $6 million. Um, I wonder how they what their background is and how they get good at the job of recruiting. A friend of mine. That's a great question. That's yeah. a great question because that 
is the key to the kingdom of like a treasure chest filled with gold. Right. How do you hire someone? Obviously, they might have all the requirements in their resume, but they're a toxic personality. So how does a person who's hiring avoid those toxic personalities? And I've heard people who hire say, well, I don't want that. That's one of my criteria. But how do you decide that in a job interview? I don't know that I would have the bandwidth or the insight to know after sitting there for an hour? Is that how long interviews take I or is it longer? Know. I don't know. And would they have to would they have to take I guess they wouldn't make a football coach take a Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs or- is is helpful. It I know there's no science backing it up, but a lot of companies use it and find it helpful. Why are you laughing? You have I'm your, sorry. You have I just your, looked back you over have your, and you're so, you have your King Henry you're so short. You're so, <laughs> that's what I was laughing at. I it's really the, am. Yeah. No, I am. To me, the funniest thing, this is Connor McCarthy becoming a talk show host. Oh, for Wendy sure. Wendy says, I don't have a cold. And later off the air, Connor says, uh, how about that cold you don't have? Yeah. I it's don't not have just a cold. You. Heidi said the same thing. Right. And just Josh, Josh, poor Josh. Josh always has a cold. Poor Josh. They all have cold. Everyone here is sick all no, the time. No, no. But I would tell you if I was sick, I'm just coughing up a lung. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just coughing just, up a lung. perfectly normal when I you're have, healthy and have, not sick. I have no, I have, there's no fever. There's no sore throat. There's no pain. There's no ache. I just am coughing up a lung. Well, and does allergy medicine stop working after a while? I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that. I do think you reach your limit. (laughs) I know you're laughing because I love it. Wendy Weiss is six feet tall. It's like a head on the desk. (laughs) That's sort of what I look like, right? It's just like a head on the desk. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So, because you can't see the rest of me. But what a terrific weight loss <laughs> regimen. No, well, I've always said if I was six feet tall, I'd be at my goal weight. Oh. So all I need to do is grow three or four inches. Everything would be perfect. You know, women. But I'm not breaking my legs to do so, which a lot of <gasps> important male rich CEOs are actually doing. I know. Having their legs, I, I can't. Don't know, is it your femur? Oh. Broken no. so that they can get two inches higher. And one guy I heard on ABC News said, He's going to keep having this operation with a long recovery until he's six four. I don't understand that. Um, we have had we had. So- I do understand it because I think men are stigmatized if they're not a certain height, the same way women are shamed if they're not the right weight. But having your bones. Oh, I know. I mean, I know. that is really. Um, this was my favorite. We said, "What is your least favorite sound?" And this was my favorite text. I can't stand hearing someone bite down. Or slide a fork across their teeth. Mm. I would absolutely die doing it myself. Wendy and Jennifer, stop saying the word bandwidth. Use adult words, please. Why? That is an adult word. Bandwidth. Well, let's have some synonyms, shall we? (laughs) Synonyms to go with our copper cookie cutter cinnamon. And you can't find cinnamon ice cream either, monkey mind. I love. I meant to ask Connor if he's familiar with the hundredth monkey syndrome. I was banned from talking about this on the air several years ago. I know, but this Connor, was an you art might holiday know, thing. So look it up. This was an art <laughs> holiday thing, right? I'm Thankfully, so John Carney and Julie Bucker up next. We love you. See you tomorrow. Bye. Just to have a laugh or sing a song.
Sometimes we just get started And before you know it 